Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us here at the Zoe Church Podcast. We are a church in Los Angeles that is all about the person and message of Jesus. Today, we're going to be jumping into Acts chapter 19 and talking about living a spirit-filled, spirit-led life. Before we get in the message, I want to thank everyone that gives faithfully to our church and thank you to everyone that participated in the Home Is Here offering. If you'd like to give, you can go to our website and find the giving page there. And thank you to everyone also that likes, subscribes, comments on our podcast, helps us so much. But without any further ado, let's jump into this week's message out of Acts 19, living a spirit-filled, spirit-led life. Acts chapter 19, I want to just kind of, we if you missed, we were in a series called 242 for a number of weeks. And I want to... Um, I want to continue in that thought to just kind of teach you what was happening in the early church. In the early church, the Holy Spirit started to move in people's lives like crazy. And the Holy Spirit, which by the way, just so we're on the same page, Jesus, before he goes back to the Father, I always get this image of beam me up, Scotty. Before he goes back to his rightful place to be seated at the right hand of the Father, before he goes up there, he tells the guys, wait here in Jerusalem until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. The Greek word there is the word dunamai, like where we get the word dynamite. Wait until you receive dynamite from God. Then you can go out and you can start the church. Let me phrase it this way. If it was essential for the early church to have the power of the Holy Spirit to build the church, could it be essential for you to have the power of the Holy Spirit for you to build your business, for you to build your life? I always think anybody can entertain a crowd and gather some people to a building or a service, but only the Holy Spirit can build a church. Only the Holy Spirit can take care of these kids we just dedicated. Only the Holy Spirit can build your legacy and your future. So they receive the power of the Holy Spirit, and they go out and they start living a spirit-filled, spirit-led life. And I want, I want your life and my life to look like that. That we are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and we are led by the power of the Holy Spirit. The law of opposite of that, of course, is that if you don't got no Holy Ghost in your life and you are led by the flesh. Now, the flesh, which is the carnal part of you, the flesh never wants to say, I'm sorry. The flesh never wants to honor or give respect. The flesh only wants to indulge. The flesh is, le flesh is led by lust and desires. And the flesh will destroy your legacy. The Holy Spirit gets you walking on God's ways. The Holy Spirit gets you walking in wisdom. The Holy Spirit puts peace on your pillow. And the Holy Spirit would never let you wear a clipper jersey. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Maybe you're like, I've never heard of the Holy Spirit before. I don't even know its true function. There was even in the Bible a group of people who had never heard of the Holy Spirit. Watch this, Acts 19. These folks had never even heard of it. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. 
and finding some disciples, he said to them, hey guys, did, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you got saved? When you first believed? They said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, well, we were into John's baptism tank at the Miguel Contreras. And then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, and that is on Christ Jesus. And when they had heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues, and they prophesied. When, when, when Paul laid hands on them, they received the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, we believe here at Zoe Church in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Bible teaches us that the same Spirit, not an alternative Spirit, not an inferior Spirit, not a test trial Spirit. This last week, my son, he's really into this um, app. It's called Epic. And it's, um, it's for reading. So he's like, Dad, I want to download an app. I was like, absolutely not. It's for reading. Let me see it. So we download the app, Epic, so he can read books. I still feel like I'm being bamboozled. <laughs> On the app, it says, do you want, like, lifetime membership for $4,000? One-year subscription for $175 or the free trial for seven days. Seven days sounds good. About as fun as you're going to last seven. You better have fun for seven days, son. The Holy Spirit is not given to you in trial format. Let's see how you do. Let's see if you can be spirit-filled and spirit-led. Let's see if, you, let's see if you're going to really be a Christian. Let's see if you trick-or-treat or trunk-or-treat. That's not how the Holy Spirit works. The moment of salvation is the moment that the Holy Spirit becomes activated in your life. And the Holy Spirit, I want to just teach you something today. He is in you for you, but he is on you for others. The Holy Spirit, I'm going to teach you a few things what the Holy Spirit will do in your life, but he is in you for you. He is in you because you need the Spirit of God leading your life. Now, if we translate out the name of the Holy Spirit, his name is translated, one of the names that translates out to being the divine encourager. I don't know if you've ever been around somebody that is discouraging. I don't know if you've ever been around someone that's a negative Nancy. I don't know if you've ever been around somebody that's critical or jaded, someone that just makes you feel like, oh, I'm not safe around this person. They're going to point out my jersey. They're going to point out my sweater vest. I'm just, I don't know if you've ever been around somebody and you left and you felt worse about yourself. When you get around the Holy Spirit, he is the divine encourager. To encourage means to literally put courage into somebody. So when you get around the Holy Spirit, he gives you courage. He gives you another way the Bible says it is boldness. So you can be a bold witness. You can be bold in your parenting, bold in your marriage, 
bold in your friendships. No, when you don't have the Holy Spirit, you are shy, you are timid, you second guess, you wonder, you're afraid, you're fearful of the world. But when you have the power of the Holy Spirit, you're sure, you are confident in Christ. You know who you are. You have strong identity. And you cannot be dependent upon people to bring your encouragement. This last week, I was laying in bed, and one of my buddies, I woke up early in the morning, but, you know, it's getting cold in L.A. This sweater vest is not for fashion. And it's cloudy. And so we had a late night. Wednesday night, we had a Connect collab. Oh, did we? Can we just honor all the Connect group leaders in our church real fast? We had... The best Connect collab we've ever had this past Wednesday night. I think about 130 Connect group leaders in the MC fired up to lead the church. And so we, we had a guest speaker in, Jabin Chavez. He did a terrific job. If you're ever in Vegas, you got to stop by his church. And we went out to dinner afterwards, so we were out late. I'm, I go to bed at 9. To stay out late on a Wednesday night, this is not the norm. But I still woke up, or you ever wake up early and be like, there's no way I'm getting up from this bed. So I'm just laying in bed. It's about 6 in the morning. And I had a friend of mine text me, you awake? I was like, any, time, any other text, this is kind of like sketchy. <laughs> you up? Yes, I am. Weird. And, and, um, and so I was like, yeah, what's good? And so they call. And so I hit ignore and I just let him know, hey, just a heads up. My whole house is asleep. I'm really enjoying this. I'm reading my emails. I'm not getting up for your phone call. And so he was like, oh, yeah, stay in bed. Call me when you can later. So I did my whole morning, and I dropped off all the kiddos at school. And once the kids were dropped off at school, I called my friend. Hey, what's going on? He said, I'm sorry for, you know, he lives on the East Coast. I'm sorry for, you know, texting you so early. I reached out to you because I needed some encouragement. Talk about making me feel bad. It's like, sorry, man. I still think I'd do the same. Even if I knew that, I think I'd run the same play. But I am sorry. Genuinely, I am. But I still run the same play. It was such a good morning. You cannot get your encouragement from humans. You need the divine encourager. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. You need the one that is available constantly in your life. You need the one that loves you no matter whether you're in a good season or a bad season, where you're doing really, really well or really, really funky. He's just there to encourage you. Let me give you a few things to write down today. Write this first one. He's there to teach you and remind you. Oh, I love what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit in John 14. John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And he will bring to your remembrance all things that I said. He'll bring to your remembrance. So he's a teacher. He's a reminder. I want to just tell you, if you don't know what you're doing as a parent, welcome to the club. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. If you don't know how to build a great marriage and you're wondering how do I get through the hurdles and the obstacles of my marriage, welcome to the club. God is our teacher. He will teach you how to live. He'll teach you how to build your business. He'll teach you how to be holy. He'll teach you how to walk in righteousness. He'll teach you how to read the Bible. He'll teach you how to trust him. He'll teach you how to follow him. He is your teacher. So he will teach you all things 
and he will be your reminder. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful that we have an alarm clock on our phone because I don't just use that thing for early in the morning. You, you ever have something coming up in your day or your schedule? You have a phone call or something you got to do and you set the alarm for like 3 p.m. alarm? Or, or you ever go out to, this is how you know you're in L.A., when you're having coffee or a meal with somebody and their alarm goes off and it's 8.30 p.m., that is the alarm that says, time to feed the meter. And, and anybody in L.A. knows that you could be having dinner with anybody and be like, hey, hold on one second, I got to go feed the meter. Oh, oh, yeah, for sure, bro, I don't want you to get a ticket. Oh, we're in Beverly Hills, I do not want you to get a ticket. Because we set al alarms. Why do we set alarms? Because you and I are forgetful. And we forget to do stuff. We forget to send stuff. We forget to reply to stuff. I'm glad that I've got a divine encourager living on the inside as a reminder that I did not set. Reminding you you're called. Reminding you this is what God says about you. Reminding you this is the mission of your life. Reminding you your salt and light. Reminding you. He, he reminds you of everything God has spoken over your life. So if good things God has said over your life, the Holy Spirit, when you're feeling doubtful or discouraged or confused or lost, the Holy Spirit will go, no, no, no. Remember what he said when you were young? Remember what he said at that conference? Remember what he said at that camp? Remember what he said? Come on, anybody thankful today that the Holy Spirit is a teacher and a reminder? I am grateful today that we are dependent upon this advocate, upon this, this divine encourager to come and teach me. Teach me how to walk in your ways. Teach me how to live a godly life. Teach me how to live upstream against culture. Teach me how to be a great parent. Teach me how to walk in, 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 in L.A. As a, as a light and a conduit of your world and your blessing. God, teach me. Remind me of who I am. When I forget what I've, I've been called to do, when I forget the mission, when I forget all all the successes that you've brought me through in the past. Remind me. He is a teacher. He is a reminder. Write down number two. He is a comforter. He is a convictor. Oh, I love this about the Holy Spirit. Look here in John 16. He says, nevertheless, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. He will convict the world. He will convict. Now, a lot of people get, struggle with this. And I just want to talk about conviction for a moment. Because I think there are times in your life and mine when we fall under deep conviction. And if you've ever felt convicted, I want to encourage you, that is a sign that you are still alive. Because Romans 1 says they, their conscience were so seared. Uh, another way to say that is calloused. They couldn't feel anything. So the Holy Spirit was trying to convict them, and they had done so much stuff that they're like, we can live with idols and sexual immorality, and we can live totally rebellious to God, and we don't even feel anything. So if you've ever felt convicted, we just got to thank God. Can we pause and clap for everybody that's ever felt convicted? If you've, if you've ever felt convicted about something you've said, convicted about something you've done, convicted about a place that you've gone to, you've ever felt conviction where it's like, 
something's just kind of going like, ah, ah. That's what conviction sounds like in my life, ah, ah. That's not good. When you have conviction, the question is not if you feel it, but what will you do about it? Because the Bible says there is a sorrow that leads to death, and there is a sorrow that leads to life. The difference is not the feeling. The difference is what do I do with it? The difference is do I repent? Do I turn away? You ever, like myself, have you ever gone to a restaurant and just made up your mind before you went, I'm going to overeat tonight? You ever made it? I'm going in. You're just like, I don't care. I'm just going in. And have you ever eaten so much that you walk out of the restaurant and you're like, you're mad at yourself? Like you, I, you said you'd never do it again, and then here you are, and you told yourself, and you broke a promise. Am I preaching to anybody? You feel convicted, like, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah. Oh. The, 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 the question is not whether you feel stuff. You're convicted. It's what do I do in a relationship with the Holy Spirit about my convictions? By the way, here's a great way to live. I think you should be growing in your convictions, not lessening in your convictions. I think you should live at high convictions. I'm convicted about my morals. I'm convicted about my ethics. I'm convicted about my words. I'm convicted about my entertainment. I'm convicted about who I am. I'm convicted about being a witness. I'm convicted about being a light. I'm convicted about serving. I'm convicted about get, I live by convictions. These are my values is another word to use there. But the Holy Spirit comes and he convicts you of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Sin, righteousness, and judgment. So he convicts you of sin. What is sin? By definition, sin is simply missing the mark. It's like trying to throw darts. And if you're like me, you never hit the bullseye. Sin is hitting everywhere but the bullseye. So if you miss, the Holy Spirit doesn't say, you're so bad. Look at you, you missed again. You always miss. No, no, no. That is condemnation. Condemnation is from the devil, and it drives you away from God. Conviction is from the Holy Spirit, and it points you to Jesus. He convicts me of my sin. He says, no, you're better than that. No, 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 that's not who you are in Christ. No, that's not who you said that you're going to be. No, 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 that's not how God wired you to live. No, 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 that's not, that's, that's, no, be holy, God's holy. No, 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 you, you don't need to live a life of duplicity. You don't need to live a life of mixture. No, 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 that, so he convicts me of my sin. He convicts me of my righteousness. Now, this is a great part because I, this is my favorite part of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit convicts you, does he convict you of how unrighteous you are? No, he doesn't. He convicts you of how righteous you are in Christ. The next time you go to sin, the next time you go to indulge, the next time you go to mess with your future, I want you to say this. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you watch the Holy Spirit convict you. That's right. That's who you are. Even if you mess up and you sin, say it over your life. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. My sin can't take away my righteousness. My righteousness cannot be taken away because I am sealed by the Holy Spirit for the day of redemption. And the Holy Spirit has promised me salvation. I am now in Christ. 
sin, righteousness, and judgment. That on the judgment day, I will stand before God. I will be held accountable, but I only get into heaven because of Jesus. There is no other way to heaven but through belief in Jesus. By the way, if you wonder what we believe here at Zoe, we believe in the exclusivity of Jesus. There is no other name. There is no other door. There is no other way. There is no other man to get to heaven except by Jesus. So he comforts and he convicts. Right down number three. I love this one. The Holy Spirit guides and prays for me. He is your personal guide. He'll guide you. He'll guide you. He'll say, this is where I want you to go. This is where I want you to live. By the way, if you're in L.A., if you live here in L.A., I think God led you to L.A. And for as long as you're here, add to L.A. Be a blessing to L.A. Love our great city. But God guides you. He guides. Another scripture to back that up is, watch this. The Bible says, two verses, the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. What is the Bible saying? Like you go sit at at a restaurant and you order an app and a main and a dessert. God orders your steps. You're going to go here. You're going to connect with them. That's going to be your church. You're going to be in that connect group. You're going to live with them. You're going to root for that team. Okay, another scripture, Proverbs chapter 16, many plans does a man have in his own heart, but the Lord directs their steps. So you can have all your plans, grateful for your plans, so glad you made your five-year plan, so glad you got all your dreams and your visions and your goals. I'm so glad 2022 you had your vision board, but many plans does a man have, but the Lord directs his steps. What's God saying? I get the final say. I'm the boss, not you. So God guides, God guides. The Holy Spirit will guide you. I love this about the Holy Spirit because sometimes we feel lost. And sometimes we feel like wandering, wondering, like, where do I go? What do I do? How do I handle this? What's supposed to transpire? And the Holy Spirit says, don't you worry. I'll guide you. I guided you into this. I'll guide you out of this. Or if you're in a situation where you got yourself into a mess, don't you worry. The Holy Spirit is here to get you out of that. Okay, so the Holy Spirit will guide you. The other day, recently, uh, for, my, for our kid's birthday, we went to Universal Studios. First time going to Universal Studios. We're big Disneyland people because I think Jesus would go to Disneyland. So, so we went to Universal, first time going to Universal Studios. I just got to go on record, not a big fan. Not a big, there's a reason why I wasn't going. They got a ride for the Simpsons. That's the, that's, that right there tells you enough. <laughs> wasn't allowed to watch that show. My, my kids literally were walking by. They're like, Dad, we want to go on the Smith ride. The Smiths. I was like, that's the Simpsons, and that makes me so proud. I did not know where I was going at all the whole day. I'm just like, this is a bizarre world. You got a Harry Potter ride? This is just, it's all too much for me. So we're walking around. I don't know where the food is. I don't know where the good rides are. There's like a lower level. I got to take five escalators. It's just insane. It's just insane. We go to Disneyland, I could take you through either park. I can show you where the churros are and the Dole Whip on side. Whatever you need at Disneyland, I got your back. Now, most of life is wondering, I wish that I had a guide. And the Holy Spirit goes, I'll be your guide. And I'll guide you into, watch where God always takes your life. Psalm 23, where does he lead you? By green pastures and still waters, and let's add to it, and paths of righteousness for his namesake. What is a path of righteousness? A path that leads to joy. (laughs) God doesn't lead you into confusion. He doesn't lead you into trauma. 
doesn't even lead you into drama. Trial, tribulation, absolutely. Conflict, chaos, that's not God. So he guides you and he prays for you. Watch here what the Bible says about praying for our lives. Look at this verse here in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God wants us to, to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Worship team, come join me. I, I just love this because if you're feeling discouraged today, like nobody prays for me, nobody understands, nobody sees me, nobody has my back, I want to just tell you maybe your aunt or your uncle or your mom or your dad is not praying, but the Holy Spirit is. And the Holy Spirit is praying that you would flourish. The Holy Spirit is praying that you would soar. The Holy Spirit is praying that you'd be encouraged today. The Holy Spirit is praying that you'd endure. The Holy Spirit is praying for you and I. And I just love that he comes. Watch what he's doing. He's teaching us. He's reminding us. He is comforting us. That's why I love the comfort of the Holy Spirit. The comfort of the Holy Spirit is to go, no, 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 no. You can be in a hospital room today and still be comforted by the Holy Spirit. You can go through the worst situation in the world and people are like, why do you have peace? Why do you have joy? Why do you have such strength to endure? Oh, I don't know. I just got the Holy Spirit working in my life. He is the great comforter. He doesn't come to partially comfort you. Right now in our house, we have one of the worst blankets that has ever been created in the history of mankind. It's holy. It's patchy. It looks quilted. It's for someone that's 4'2", it's the worst blanket I've ever seen. Right next to the, we only have two right now in our living room. Right next to the worst blanket ever is legit the best blanket ever. It looks like it has a heat pad within it. it four people can fit in this blanket. It's, the, it's the, the best one next to the worst one. In your own strength, you cannot comfort yourself. But when the Holy Spirit envelops you and gives you love and gives you perspective and gives you presence and gives you peace, He is the comforter for your life. He's teaching you. He's reminding you. He is comforting you. He is convicting you. He is guiding you. He is praying for you. He is active. He is an advocate. He is your leader. That's why he said, no, 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 wait right here. Wait till you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, all that I just talked about is the role. Now let's get into the power. The power of the Holy Spirit is so that you can live and give. Write that down, last one. So that you can live for God and give for God. So you can live. You can live an abundant life, but you can give to people that are in need. You can give to people that are spiritually dry, spiritually thirsty, spiritually bankrupt. You can give to someone that's emotionally scarred. You can give to somebody that's physically ailing. You can help and you can serve. See, what I don't want you to ever believe is the Holy Spirit is just for you. No, Isaiah 43, Jesus walks into a church on a Sunday. He opens the scroll of Isaiah. He says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to give. The Holy Spirit's not on you for your own chicken skin. The Holy Spirit is working in you so your neighbor that needs prayer or your coworker that needs love or your cousin that is an addiction can get something that's flowing from your life. 
works. In other words, the Holy Spirit will work so good in your life that it starts to overflow out of you. That all of a sudden, it's not just for you. It's not just for what you can get. But I'm telling you, you ain't living till you start giving. And it's not about money. It's not, I'm not talking about finances right now. I'm talking about giving encouragement. I'm talking about giving comfort. That's why the Bible says he comforts us so we can go be a comfort. Church, I'm praying today that you would tap in to the Spirit-filled, Spirit-led life. And you would let the Holy Spirit lead you this week. You wake up tomorrow morning and just be like, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? And I'm just praying today that you, you teach me and you guide me and you remind me and you comfort and you convict. And oh, Jesus, you know I need prayer today. Well, Lord, on top of that, will you give me a divine appointment to help bless somebody? Julie and I, this last week on Friday, we walked into a restaurant and we had a divine appointment. And it was just one of those moments where it's like, man, I know I'm not living on accident. Man, I know that God wanted this interaction today. And somehow, was I spirit-led in the decision of restaurant I was choosing? Julia was in this case. Julia was very spirit-led. There's a divine appointment. And I'm praying today that you get a sense that God doesn't want to just do something in you, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, even someone like me and you, he could do something through us. Where we can be a witness. We can be a blessing. We can be a help. We can be a strength. People are discouraged. People are disillusioned. People are wandering and they're wondering and they're looking for someone like you that says, wow, I don't know what it is, but every time I get around you, you look like you know where you're going. You look like you've got peace on your pillow. You look like you've got joy that's genuine. You, you, you look like you're, you're doing your best, yet the Holy Spirit has been leading me and guiding me. And if you're impressed with anything, you should be impressed with how good the Holy Spirit has been active in my life. All I've been doing has been saying yes to the voice of the Spirit. I'm thankful today for the Father. I'm thankful today for the Son. And I am thankful today for the beautiful third person of the Trinity, the power of the Holy Spirit. The Father gave us the Son. The Son gave us his life and the Holy Spirit points us to Jesus. The Holy Spirit he is on you, he is in you he is active. I say we let the Holy Spirit have his way in our homes. I say we let him have his way in our mind. I say we yield to him in our hearts. I say we let the Holy Spirit keep moving and acting and doing what only he can do today. Amen to that. Come on stand to your feet today. Jesus we thank you today that we will